0: Why do you think mental health matters? Hello guys, welcome back to the Growth Club podcast. This is going to be the final episode for season one and the final episode I will do for this year. That's crazy. That's so crazy to me. I started this, I think, end of August, early September and we're now middle of December and I've done about 18 episodes. Yeah, so let's just get into it. My microphone is perching very riskily on the armrest of the sofa i'm on and i'm a little bit nervous (laughs) i think it's gonna fall but what can you do so yeah let's just get into a recap as i said this is going to be the last episode i think of the year. I just want a few breaks for Christmas and just to plan a lot of exciting things for next year. I yeah I have some big goals for next year and the podcast is one of them. It's like I'm really passionate about it and I really enjoy it. So I just want to take a few weeks to You know, have a break and recharge. But what have I been up to? Yeah, I'm really exploring London. (laughs) I've just been to, like, different suburbs. And I've still got a few areas I want to go because I'm kind of situated in northwest. It's like London is so massive and so big that, you know, there's so many places you can go to just in London. Just, like, different areas. And it's crazy because, like, to get to, say northeast London I'm in northwest it sometimes can take like 50 minutes like an hour because it's so big I don't know so that's what I've been doing um I went away for the weekend to like the countryside I went to Bath and Bristol yeah literally out of London just nice countryside I got to stay with my friend we rode a horse she taught me how to ride a horse so I am now officially a horse girl. The, the nickname I got at university has sadly come to fruition. But yeah, it was a super wholesome weekend. And it was just nice to kind of yeah, get out of London, get out of all the city vibes, hustle culture and just see some nature, lots of greenery and just kind of stay at a house as well and be around a family dynamic again. And, you know, just do simple things like driving in a car. Even if Poppy's driving did scare me, which she's aware of. But (laughs) just like driving in a car and just doing mundane things was really nice. So I got back last night. I got back at like 7 o'clock and I was ravenous. And I, you best believe I got a Tesco meal deal because I didn't have anything in the fridge. And today I just, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but after a trip, no matter how long or what I do or where I go, I just kind of need a day like the next day to kind of reset and not do anything and just kind of be a homebody and get shit done again so yeah today I went to like Wembley which every time I go there it is quite a dodgy area but I always just think of like Wembley Stadium and Freddie Mercury (laughs) back in the day but yeah I got a tattoo touch up um done and then I just went to Aldi and got some groceries for the next five days before I embark on my next journey to Spain so yeah I'm kind of in limbo at the moment because so close till my next kind of adventure and it's just this weird strange waiting period in between I don't know about you guys as well but I'm just really keen for 2024 I posted on my Instagram, but I'm like, I have mixed feelings about New Year's resolutions. I like do believe that you can honestly start a big goal at any point in the year because it's kind of just our own social construct that we have that you have to wait till the 1st of January, but it's so satisfying. And this year has been amazing in so many different ways and obviously a lot of personal growth, but man, has it been a big year of instability and feeling unstable, whether that was even living over here but even before that in the first six months it was I was just kind of navigating life without university and being one of the only people in my friend group not studying anymore and just kind of working a full-time hospitality job which wasn't the worst but like it wasn't what I wanted to do and yeah it's just been a big year of instability so I'm I'm keen to implement more stability in my life in 2024 And I'm just really keen for that year I feel like it's gonna be a good year so let's get into this episode I will pre-warn that this episode might be quite a heavy one I know it's the last episode but <laughs> I'm ending it with a bang it is going to be quite heavy there might be some triggering topics I just want to preface it with that I'm talking about why mental health matters. Gonna just be talking about personal history, why I don't know, I just think nowadays in society as well, how prominent mental health issues are and I don't know, I did a psychology degree. I'm very passionate about mental health. I feel like I kind of started my Instagram as well from like a mental health mindset point of view and I just thought I'd talk about it because it's a big motivator for A lot of things I do in my life. People might relate, um, might not. And yeah, as I said, it might be a heavy episode. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this last one of season one. (laughs) I don't know if this is a controversial opinion or not, but sometimes I think you could consider mental health being more important than physical health. Obviously context is key but you hear sometimes those stories of people who you know are physically unwell or have physical disabilities etc and they're still so happy mentally and still live such a full life. There's people who may be physically very fit very capable but because they are mentally unwell have mental health problems and whatnot they can't be present and they can't actually enjoy their physical health that they've got and sometimes I think mental health can actually trump physical health in a way it's i don't know i have mixed opinions because i'm because i know that you know when you become physically unwell you realize how you took it for granted so long you see so many people who have had tragic issues say with their spine or something and they can't walk and they think they won't walk again and then some of them when they do regain the ability to walk or whatever they like do marathons and they they conquer all this this physical stuff because they realize that they took it for granted previously so I do understand that side of it being you know like physically capable physically healthy but I think a lot of the time just mentally if you're not mentally good not in a good mental health uh, headspace suffer from mental illness it is so hard to be present and you know take advantage I don't know if that's the right word but use and utilize your healthy body and movement and mobility and you may be aware that hey I'm like I'm quite physically fit and I'm so capable of doing all these things but you're just so down and so just yeah mentally unwell that you can't use it or can't go out there and do these things that you want. I just think sometimes that mental health is kind of the most important thing because there's people that you know battling horrible illnesses and because they are quite mentally resilient, mentally strong, have a good mindset, they still do have a good quality of life obviously to some extent but they still are happy and you know satisfied enough with their life and want to seize the day and all that because you know mentally they're they're strong and they have good mental health they might have a good support system sometimes yeah I really think mental health is the most important thing we have and it's so frustrating because sometimes we can control it sometimes we can't sometimes it's our environment sometimes it's our lack of support. But yeah, it seems to be very prominent, especially you know, I think there's always been quite there's always been mental health issues, but I think we're so transparent about it right now in our generation that we can really see that, yeah, this is quite a problem. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about kind of my personal background with mental health, which I feel like you may know some of it and you may know it based on my really early episodes when I was kind of introducing myself, but I thought I just talk about it and my family and whatnot I keep ruining my flow because there's these people doing honestly there's they've been doing construction for like three months and right now they're drilling once again but I this is the only time I can really do it this week so I'm like I'm gonna make it work so yeah we'll just make it work so my experience with mental health as I've spoken about so many times I was an anxious child to the point where I would really manifest physical symptoms based on my anxiety like i would become nauseous kind of i'd start shaking become really hot i would convince myself a lot of it was tied in with health anxiety but i would like convince myself that i was sick that something was like wrong with me and a lot of the time it was just a manifestation of anxiety and i was actually perfectly fine in a physical way always suffered quite bad anxiety as a child when I think back to my childhood yes such a privileged grateful good childhood but the bits that I can remember I honestly associate a lot of it with panic because I think the most prominent memories I can remember ones that were tainted with panic quite a lot of them I remember are quite a fearful experience for me I can't remember a lot of the memories though, so I think the brain is kind of looking out for me in that way and yeah in high school it kind of more so changed to social anxiety health anxiety probably kind of it just changed a bit it it, it always evolved but i know that mental health probably wasn't fantastic as a child and as a teen and then went to therapy for a few years in my university years once again we know I struggled with mental health in a different way in university. Obviously, I struggled a lot with body image, disordered eating, addiction to exercise, whatnot. And also, I became quite reliant on alcohol to, you know, try and fix all these big feelings I was having or cover them up. So mental health has always kind of been... I don't know. I always felt like I felt things very... I don't know very intensely and a lot of the time when I was growing up I would think like why what's wrong with me and why do I struggle with these things that people and kids my age don't seem to or they don't think about whether that's true or not I felt that on a very deep level this feeling of panic became so well known to me and having panic attacks became yeah something that was quite normal for me when I was quite young and I think the most important not important but I can very much so identify that this feeling of helplessness tied in with my mental health issues and struggles I obviously as a kid didn't really know how to deal with it and then even as a teenager didn't really know how to fully deal with it and I just remember feeling very helpless in my struggle with mental health and I think that's a big factor in you know a lot of people struggle or if they self-harm or they commit suicide I think a lot of it is tied to this feeling of helplessness and isolation and aloneness and feeling like you know this feeling or this urge or this you know state of mind you're in is out of your control and that you just can't fathom how to make yourself feel better and just feeling kind of alone in the feeling that it becomes so, so overwhelming that you can't, yeah, you just can't even think that it will, how it will be better. Another facet that relates to me in regards to mental health is for me, family. I have a close family member in my immediate family that struggled with mental health issues throughout my whole childhood and the whole time I've known them. And I think for a parental figure to struggle with their mental health but not really address it and as a consequence affect me really has some trauma for me, has kind of contributed to my mental health struggles. Not really talking from a genetics point of view but just because they did not reach out for help and did not take the steps to manage their own mental health and mental illness. It kind of almost bled out onto me just because of how they lashed out or how they coped and obviously as a kid or just being raised in general you kind of model your behavior and you model who you become based on you know your caregivers because they're important figures in your life and I think the coping mechanisms I kind of absorbed from this parental figure and just feeling scared a lot of the time because of how they would react to things. honestly didn't know differently for so long. It's quite interesting because I remember when I would go away with my mum to visit the extended family like my cousins and uncle and auntie that we're close with. I remember one time I like broke a window latch or something like that. And I was terrified to tell my uncle because I literally thought he would like lash out, kind of verbally abuse me. And I was so scared. And I remember I ended up telling him or I told my mom and then she told him and he handled it so calmly and so smoothly and didn't make a big deal out of my accident. And in that moment... I remember something clicked for me that I don't think it's actually normal to have such a fear-based reaction about something so small like that and something that was obviously an accident and I think in that moment I realized that hey this parental figure actually is suffering and from some mental health issue and and as a result doesn't really make me feel safe. Yeah I'm a bit kind of reluctant sometimes to talk about these very close family related stuff because I'm like what if they listen to it but at the end of the day like I'm not saying I'm just I'm not saying my dad is a bad person at all and I know he loves me very much but that's how I felt as a kid I didn't feel safe I didn't feel safe and I know he never meant to hurt me but Definitely did feel unsafe uh, a fair bit of the time and very unpredictable in behavior and didn't really question it until I was in high school. I'm not going to go into it too much, but yeah, I think then that's how I, in year 12 in high school, I just, I don't know, I just didn't really want to be home. I didn't want to feel that. So I turned to alcohol and partying and just constantly being out and about and you know, seeking validation from other males my age, like in, a, in that validation because I don't think I really got it from my father figure. So anyway, there's some daddy issues for you. Not going to delve into it more, but yeah, mental health is a big component of that. I think my dad's inability to seek therapy, seek help when he clearly needed it had a flow on effect and affected me i think that's a case with a lot of parents not blaming you like i realize parents and adults older adults are people just like me and have their own shit but i think it's you needing to take accountability for that work through that trauma not only for yourself to have a more fulfilling life but for your children i think a big thing for me was obviously i went to therapy because i knew there was something up and i seemed to struggle with some things but i think another part of it was also knowing that hey i need to own my shit own this own my trauma and try and Worked through it a bit so I don't... I don't give this to my kids essentially. It comes out in one way or another. And I would hate to pass on any generational trauma to my kids if I have any. Another facet of this relating to my family is some of my extended family members have really struggled with, you know, depression and suicide. And I've been quite confronted with it. I think I also kind of knew... I don't know it's weird because I'm the only child I feel like I was put in an adult position and I knew a lot of things about my cousins and my uncles and aunties that I might not was not meant to know but I did and I knew about their mental health struggles and whatnot I feel my cousins have really struggled with it one of my cousin um a few of my cousins have attempted to end their life or engaged in quite serious self-harm behaviors and obviously that has also affected me and you know feeling my and you know my mental health was never that serious as in it was never self-harm or suicide like behaviors so to experience that experience someone you love going through that and being on the other end of it and not really fully knowing how to help is a horrible feeling I my grandmother actually took her own life due to postnatal depression it isn't talked about a lot and I think it's affected the family in their own way I've never fully known about it but I can tell that there has been an impact, and I think there is kind of almost a slight generational impact. I honestly feel quite connected to someone I've never met, which is my grandmother. I carry her middle name, which is why I kind of, I like that in my username for Instagram, because in her time, there just wasn't the help they needed. I'm pretty sure my mom told me she was prescribed like to take up smoking, To try and help with mental health. My grandpa told me like she was sent to do like electric shock therapy. Didn't really work. It kind of I think just traumatized her further. And ultimately was also just given sleeping tablets to just you know sleep. And you know none of these things really helped her. And I think she was feeling so alone because she lived you know quite rurally had heaps of kids had a husband that worked she was stay at home felt quite isolated and probably was consumed by the helplessness the helpless feeling that I talked about earlier how things could have been different if she was for one growing up in this generation and also two being surrounded by a support network and you know three having proper therapies and prescriptions so it's really sad to think that a lot of the time with mental health it is preventable to an extent like taking your life is preventable if there is the correct support and the correct kind of help planned or treatment plan for you so that was all very very deep and oversharing a lot But mental health really has a big link for me. I've felt it myself and then I've felt it quite severely from extended family members and also uh, a parental figure and how that also affected me. And obviously generationally, there is also trauma and suicide and how that has also affected, you know, her kids and just as a generation. Now, I want to just kind of talk about our generation as a whole because I'm a big fan of us I am a big fan of us I know we engage so much in technology and whatnot which I'm going to talk about more but I think we are so aware and we kind of love to overshare in this generation but I think it's for the best like people make TikTok jokes about like being mentally ill or something and obviously there's really bad ones but I also think it's really good we feel so seen in this generation like we know we're not alone in that feeling we know that most of our thoughts aren't like even original if you go on TikTok you're like wow this person has had the exact same thought of thought as me but I think it can also be quite reassuring because we know our generation is so open about mental health and whatnot that it's good and obviously i'm kind of making a generalization if you go into more rural regional towns they're definitely not as progressive as cities and i obviously can't speak for males i think there is still quite a gap between females and males being open about mental health females are I think a lot more open and society is a lot more accepting of that. And I think there is still a little bit of stigma, stigma for males, whether it is actually society pushing that ideal around, or if it's more like in the family and you know, maybe their dad, maybe it could just be like in their immediate family. It's stigmatized, not as society. You know, I think I experienced that a lot in my hometown where, you know, you'd see social media saying how open it is, but their actual relationship with their parents and family members, made it hard for them to open up about their mental health so obviously I'm kind of making an overall statement but I think our generation is a lot more open and I think that's a great thing I will say though social media with the influx of that while that does you know open up resources for people to access whether that's just like you know learning more stuff or being able to reach out to support online like for me I feel like I've reached out for a lot of support from loved ones who are across the world and obviously without social media I wouldn't be able to do that so there's great benefits but also I'm gonna bash TikTok for a second because there is a reason why I don't know I just can't fully get into TikTok because I think while TikTok probably is good because you know as I said you feel like you're not alone you see yourself literally represented in every second person posting and you think wow I'm not original at all but I think as well there's some really fucked up shit on there. Sometimes it's not really on my algorithm and I I barely use TikTok I mainly just open it to see the ones my friends have sent me and I'll send one back but I went through a phase where I deleted it for three years and since I've re downloaded it this year it's just like I haven't got addicted and I'm not gonna let myself. There are some like weird things that every now and then will pop up on my like algorithm and I'm like, I don't want this. Some of them's really bad. It's all this like dieting stuff and body image. And I just think sometimes seeing all these ridiculously, you know, fit and lean girls or boys or whatever, or say really muscular boys, depending, you know, who the audience is, it can really mess your brain up and think, hey, everyone looks this supermodel like and almost Triggers you to think you're not good enough. I think because you have access to seeing so many people in the matter of minutes. Like, if you think about how quickly you scroll through TikTok, you're probably exposed to like 50 different people in the span of like a few minutes and you can't help but compare yourself to them like it's kind of only natural it's not your fault to compare yourself to them and i remember seeing this 13 year old it was literally 13 year old because she said it posted a 75 hard challenge which If you don't know what 75 hard is, it is you eat only healthy, no alcohol. You do like two workouts a day. You read five minutes of a self-help book. It's very like these rigid rules and I'm not the biggest fan of it. I'm not sure how sustainable it is. While it is like self-improvement as a whole, a lot of people do lose weight from 75 hard. And the fact that I saw a 13-year-old doing 75 hard absolutely depressed me because I was like what the fuck you're literally a child enjoy your childhood oh it made me so sad for that girl that she was thinking that she had to kind of do 75 hard at that age and you know she she put, she put posted like a what I eat in a day for a 75 hard and it was just like barely any food and I was thinking like oh girl my heart goes out to you. And I think that is the bad side of social media that is affecting our mental health that isn't actually making it you know more accessible or easier for people it's actually tearing you down more because you can't help but you know engage in social comparison compare yourself to others and as a result you feel unsus- unsatisfied with yourself research literally indicates that there is a rise in eating disorders with social media that speaks for itself i think mental health is being damaged by social media but it's also allowing us more representation and accessibility almost in a way okay so i went on a little tangent there but why your mental health matters the name of this episode I've talked about how arguably, depends on the context, but I think a lot of the time mental health is kind of, it trumps physical health because you can have shit physical health, you can be injured or whatnot, but if you're mentally okay, you know, you can still enjoy life. But if you're mentally unwell but physically okay, you still might just not leave your bed and you might not want to be alive. And without that, you won't want to use your body or you know take advantage as I said that's not the right word but use your health and your youth and your mobility while you can obviously there's I'm it's not that clear cut and I think a lot of people could have their mental health affected by physical injuries and by your physical health so I'm not just saying this is the only link it has I feel like it's a very complicated relationship but I think it is mental health is so important it's just I don't know it's the it's our brain our who we are you know we are just like brains in a body and if our brain is like a bad place to be in a bad headspace it's gonna bleed out and affect your day I don't mean physically bleed out but it's gonna metaphorically bleed out into your life and affect it in a negative way I then kind of talked about my family how having someone with quite bad mental health and suffering from mental illness directly has affected me because I kind of modeled my parental figure and you know feeling the backlash of it and also my mental health struggles feeling quite panicked a lot as a child and why even more so now I'm kind of thankful for having better mental health and why I choose to you know work on it and engage in a lot of behaviors to try and support it like exercising because I know how you know how helpless and how much of a bad place it can feel like as I did as a child you know I've been on the other end of it where I've just felt like I didn't know how to help people who were struggling or battling suicidal thoughts etc and then also having someone take their own life in my family and how that's kind of affected us generationally and how if they had access to the help things might have been different even though you can't dwell on that it's like that's probably facts that things could have been different, you know, wanting to carry my middle name, Marlene, because I don't know, I feel like a part of the reason why I'm so passionate about mental health is because she needed help and she didn't get it. Um, And then today, society, how we are so much more open about our mental health, which I think is a fantastic thing. But there's this flip side where it's like social media, I feel like is good for promoting, you know, mental health resources and making you feel not alone. But at the same time, it's kind of feeding it. We compare our lives to every person. We can't help it. It's there. How can we not? We compare bodies. We, I don't know, you see these curated feeds and whatnot. And it's unfair because you're comparing yourself to an unrealistic life or an unrealistic body like say if that person posts a what I eat in a day which I'm not a fan of and begins it with an ab check like first of all she could be lying about how much she eats she could be posing like that's just an example of how kind of the battle with social media and you know your mental health is the fact that you're kind of consuming curated content that you don't actually know how real it is so it's like you're already at an unfair disadvantage there I just think mental health has become quite a rife thing I think because there's more transparency now we know how bad it is but if you just look at the statistics about suicides in the year and there's also just there's also a lack of accessibility to counseling services whether that's you know the big wait list that there is or the price of it it's so unaffordable to go to therapy i will admit i went for a few years and i was very privileged i got the mental health care plan with the australian government but also i was working enough or if i didn't have enough money that week my mum would Help me out and ensure that I was able to go. It is a very privileged position to be in. Not everyone can afford therapy or whatnot or family doesn't accept them for going to therapy. Your mental health just matters so much and it just needs to be shouted about. That's why I'm shouting about it in this episode. I'm not giving you the cure for, you know, having bad mental health. I just want to bring up the conversation more because it's one of the biggest things we have so if you're struggling i'm going to put some hotlines and whatnot in the caption so please look at that if you are struggling please please reach out i will say some things that i do to try and support my mental health you know exercising i now exercise for my mental health what feels best for me believe it or not endorphins do make you feel better while it may feel hard in the moment to like go for a run or, you know, do some exercise afterwards. I hate to say it, but makes the good old brain feel a bit better. A journal. Speak to people, um, swallow your pride and call someone and tell them how you're really doing try and send that message even I I know how if you're in like a depressive spiral it's so hard to even have the energy to message someone or reach out but just maybe just try and get the motivation to just send that one message saying like I need help or need someone to talk to and just let them know at least just let them know Um, going outside also animals all this stuff I'm saying is I feel like it's common knowledge but yeah even just being around animals for a little bit like dogs are scientifically proven to like boost your mental health I'm sure cats are the same but just these little mundane kind of day to day things that you know if you do these little little habits little acts for yourself daily I think that can snowball and pile on and kind of create a good base for your mental health in the long run Um, you probably won't feel fantastic after doing it for one day but I think after you do it continuously it will help you a bit Um, not saying it's going to fix everything and you might see still need therapy or antidepressants or medication but you know I think it might alleviate a, a little bit but yeah so that was this episode why your mental health matters there is so many reasons why and I've kind of just talked about it a lot because I think just talking about it in itself is almost shining a light to it indicating that hey this I guess is a topic that I think still needs to be talked about more always more because it is preventable to a point of view or it is manageable to live with it would be amazing to you know lower suicide rates in the future or lower self-harm rates in the future versus have it continuously increase. And I think a part of that is just by continue to push out the conversation and get you to think about it a bit more. So that was a very kind of deep episode for my last episode, but thank you guys so much for listening and thank you for listening to my episodes for this season. I really appreciate my friends <laughs> in real life, you know the ones that listen to these episodes. I'm genuinely so grateful and I have big ideas for this podcast and Chloe Marlene Brand in 2024. And I can't wait to, you know, try and work my ass off to try and cultivate the message that I'm trying to put across. But at the end of the day, I can't do any of that without you guys. And yeah, I'm really grateful you listening to me because gosh, just willingly electing to hearing me babble a bit every week. I'm so appreciative Thank you so much. But yeah, what's something I'm grateful for? I'm gonna say I'm grateful for you guys, just because I mentioned that. I'm grateful for the. I'm grateful for the friendships I have in my life right now. Grateful for the family members. Grateful for the little interactions with dogs on a passing street, and I'm grateful for the community of people I have on this podcast. It is it is extremely small still, but I kind of kind of like the intimacy knowing that. You know, I'm talking about all this stuff and it's just our little, little community, little audience listening here. And yeah, really grateful, grateful for the people and knowing that there are some really fucking good people out there. Thank you guys so much for listening. You will not hear from me next Sunday at 9am, but you will in the new year and get excited. A few more guests guests coming for this next season and i'm going to spend some time kind of brainstorming and feel free to message me on at chloe marlene with two a's in the marlene any requests or anything you want me to talk about because I'm more than happy to but yeah thank you I'm so grateful thank you guys so much um I've had the best time kind of growing and developing this season and just kind of becoming more comfortable with talking to myself for like 40 minutes straight okay cool I'm gonna go now (laughs) but thank you so much and I'll see you next year bye